We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek Ciapala flying a little solo tonight as we get ready for this big game in Dallas. I do have a guest for you, though. It's a, it's a big one, actually. Got a real high-quality guest. His name is Jeff Cavanaugh. He's from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Also writes about the NFL Draft and the Cowboys for The Athletic in Dallas-Fort Worth. Also has a podcast himself, Trust the Tape, with Dane Brugler. Um, if I get his name right, geez, did I get his name right? Yeah, Dane Brugler. See, I, I doubted myself. I should have just trusted the instincts. All right. So... 
all those things in mind, this is going to be a long interview, guys. And because of that, I want to kind of get some of these things out of the way first that we would, we would intersperse throughout the podcast. You guys know how we do it for the long interviews. We do want to ask you if you listen to us regularly or like what we do, hey, check us out on all those great places, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and subscribe, please. Appreciate it. Leave a five-star review where you can, especially on iTunes. It helps us out, helps us in the ratings, and I'm hoping over time, as we continue to put more content out for you, we'll just keep uh, earning more and more of your trust. You can also find Rampage Radio on our network. They're coming back, I believe, next week, talking to them today, and also Bunny Has with Johnny Gomez and Steve Ribeiro. Okay, so there's... Some of the maintenance stuff. And then also we want to thank our sponsor, Jim Hawk. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood team, Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, Glamour and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Grace Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Folks, you can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also available both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and pretty much anywhere you can find internet bookseller. Okay, folks, I've read this thing cover to cover. So has Norm. It's... It's a good book. It's a really enjoyable read. It's worth every penny. It's affordable. It's a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, so without further ado, we do want to go ahead and get the ball rolling with Jeff Cavanaugh from, again, 105.3 in Dallas and, of course, The Athletic. Here we go. All right, folks, I am here with Jeff Cavanaugh, the athletic over in Fort Worth, Dallas, and also with 105.3 FM down there in the area. Um, you know, I got a lot of things for you, and I know you have a tight schedule, so I'm going to get right into it. First, you know, of course, how are you heading in this game? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah, 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 I'm doing great. How are you? Well, like I told you before, we... uh Getting a little anxious. Been looking forward to this game for a while. It's it's got a lot of historical aspects to us as well. Those of us have been longtime Rams fans, and the you know the Rams and Cowboys played <laughs> quite many playoff battle in the seventies and eighties, and it's been a long time since we've met since thirty three years now. So it's a little little anxious on our end to get to this game and live up some history as well. Yeah, I tell you what, um, I was. Man, I might have been a Rams fan when I was like five years old. I was born in St. Louis. No, we're not doing the dark and saying dogs. That's not what we're doing. I promise. Okay. Back to me. Yeah, so I was born in St. Louis. I think the Rams might have been there when I was born. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking for the uh, the current matchup between these two teams because I don't know enough about the history, I don't think. Well, it's, it's uh, that 70s era was, was bananas. You know, they, they, they met so many times, and some of the great uh, history, historical playoff games in Rams history were against the Cowboys. It wasn't the 49ers. Oh, yeah, the it wasn't... Cow- Cowboys used to be good. Once upon yeah, a time, yeah. the Cowboys were good. Oh, and, you know, once upon a time, the Rams were consistently good. Now, you know, we're kind of getting <laughs> used to this thing where they're winning. We're not used to that anymore. We don't know what to yeah, do with ourselves. Yeah. So, two of us. We, we have what we call 
Rams derangement syndrome is, you know, we, we read on the papers about Trump derangement syndrome. That's not that for us. It's Rams derangement syndrome. And so we expect <laughs> every shoe to drop and every thing to go wrong possible. And so when the team goes 11 and 5 and 13 and 3, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with ourselves? Okay. <laughs> you know? I think it would be pretty fun to be a Rams fan right now. Although, I don't know. Well, yeah, we've got topics to get into. Because i got Rams questions for you, really. Absolutely. i got some Rams questions. More than willing to answer them for you. Um, so, right away here, what is the feeling right now in Dallas about this Cowboys-Rams matchup? Uh, I think most people are terrified just because it's been – we're not used to the Cowboys being in the postseason all that often, and especially not coming into the postseason um, – and actually winning a football game, I mean, that's just crazy talk around here. But I tell you what, the closer we get to the game, it's interesting because I certainly respect a 13-win Rams team, and I'm certainly terrified of that offense, and I'm terrified of uh, Aaron Donald, of course. And like, it's, it's, it's a really good team, and there's nothing like it's going to be easy about it. But at the same time, for the Cowboys, this is the matchup you wanted because they have such a presence in L.A. where I think in that stadium – I would not be surprised if it was 40% Cowboy fans. So, you know, you got a good matchup in that regard, and then the Rams aren't great against the run, and the Cowboys would love to run the football. So, you know, it's about as good as a matchup as you could hope for if you're having to go on the road and play a 13-win team. So I think around here people are starting to think, you know what, it's not impossible. You know, right now, um, Cameron DeSilva over at Rams Wild Post this earlier for VividSeat.com. Right now, it's showing with ticket sales and how it's going a 20, 29% trend, trend for the Cowboys, which is the highest for the road team. 71% Rams fans expect that at the game. So, um, and there is, you're right, there's a ton of Cowboys fans out in the area. It was an area where there was no football, NFL football home team for over 20 years, and all of a sudden, the Rams are trying to dig into that market again. So it oh, yeah. is you know, Jerry knows Jerry knows and loves that kind of stuff. I mean, we have him on weekly, so we were talking to Jerry about um, about the question was something along the lines of, "Hey, is this the matchup that you wanted?" Because the alternative was going on the road and playing the Saints, and you've already beat the Saints this year. Is this what you wanted? He talked for about sixty to ninety seconds before he really even mentioned the football game. He's like, "Well, you know, L.A. and we're glad they've got a team in L.A. and staying cronky, and we've got us a brand new stadium." And it was like. It was like he was talking about his teammate and his buddy and his business. And it's like he's just so invested in L.A. and in that market that it took him 90 seconds to remember, hey, we asked you about a football game, man. <laughs> well, you know, the weird thing, too, is if you talk to any Rams fan who's kept track of the situation and on how this team moved back to L.A. and those who are the L.A., you know, the, the L.A. homeowners, okay, the, the people who stood and waited for 20-some years to get their team back, there is a certain level of gratefulness from those Rams fans to Jerry Jones. I don't I, I can't tell you how unpopular Jerry Jones might be around the rest of the league, but there is a definitive gratefulness with Rams fans. They know the role that Jerry Jones played in getting this team back to LA. And they know oh, yeah. that it probably does not happen without him stepping up his game and advocating for this to happen. So Yeah, Jerry loves making money for himself and fellow owners. He'll help you with that at all times. But and you know what? I don't have a problem with that. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's it is a business. You're there. You know, so, so many times today we we hear about well, those greedy owners. Well, what where else are they here for? They're here to make a profit. That's what they're that's what they're in the game for. So you know what? That's the game you got to play. You play it. Yeah, I mean, well, every year uh, I ask for a raise every year. 
I'm trying to make as much money as I can too. I think everybody is. There's sure. just in that. There's just has more zeros. Yeah, a lot more zeros, more than I can probably imagine. I gotta be honest there. So right now, around the Cowboys, you know, how confident are you in others who are watching this team that the Cowboys can upset the Rams on their home field? Oh, I think they. I think they certainly can. Um, if if I'm going off of just my opinion. I would call it somewhere between 60-40 and 50-50. I started to talk myself into it, and I came into the week kind of pessimistic, but I just think the more you look at the individual matchups involved and the presence that the Cowboys could have in the stadium, uh, you look at the way that Seattle ran the ball on L.A., even though you know Seattle's going to try to run the ball, and you know the Cowboys are going to try to run the ball. So, you know, I'm almost there. I'm almost ready to call it a coin flip. Uh, I'll, I'll still favor the Rams a little bit because I really like schematically head coach you there but, you know matchup yeah hello 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 yeah you went you went away for a second there oh no where did i go what time did i leave? uh right around where it says you, you you cut off right where it says schematically the word schematically yeah, came like, in there I, I really like the you know I, I studied the draft every year and i really liked jared goff coming out of college and then after his first year of course it's oh you're an idiot he can't play and then Lo and behold, Jeff Fisher's gone, and all of a sudden he can play. So I like the McVay and Goff combo. Uh, I'm terrified of trying to stop that. I think they do such a great job matchup-wise of finding ways to run and throw it. So I, I got a real healthy respect for L.A., but I think it's almost a coin flip. I'll take L.A., but not not by much. And I think that's where some of us are going as well. We know this Cowboys team is tough. We know they're tough up front. We know that there are some matchups that do not work in the Rams' favor for this game. And, uh, I mean, honestly, to me, the, the winner of the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl. That's my opinion. The, the, the NFC, to me, this year was loaded. And you, and you could tell by watching even the wild card games and how those went on both sides. And so for this game to be what it is, there's a lot of great things about it. You just mentioned Jerry Jones, by the way. I'm gonna try, sorry to interrupt. But a buddy just messed this over. There's an article in the LA Times today talking about how the Rams – Cowboys matchup is like a dream for Jerry Jones. And in the, in the article, it says, when the NFL came back to Los Angeles, I had dreamed a, of a Super Bowl between the Rams and the Cowboys in that great metropolitan area, which, as we know, is impossible. Jones wrote in an email to the LA Times. This is the next best thing of being in LA, and how significant is it to the NFL, and how proud I am of staying in the Rams franchise. So you were just saying this. And I literally got this in my box. And of course... The weirdest thing about it is Saturday night is the three-year anniversary of that vote that got the Rams come home, and they're playing well on that. Maybe Jerry, yeah. maybe Jerry and Stan are going to have a, a little get together on Jerry's new three hundred and fifty-foot yacht and have themselves a little party after they play. Well, I'm thinking there's going to be some some alcohol going during the game too, probably. Oh yeah, I mean, Jerry, there will be Johnny Walker Blue on deck. <laughs> All right, so give us the update on this actual on the actual Cowboys roster right now. Who's hurt? Who's healthy? What, how's it stand? Uh, the only injuries uh, that I think the Cowboys are worried about at this point is Cole Beasley hurt an ankle last week. And in talking to one of my buddies that works at the same stations I do, he did a show out there at the Cowboys facility today. He's thinking it. it is going to be tough for Cole Beasley to play. And if he does, it might be tough for him to finish the game. So the Cole Beasley ankle is an issue. 
uh, at guard, Xavier Suofilo is banged up, but I don't know if they would start him even if he were healthy. It seems like Connor Williams has played okay since he's been back in the lineup. Blake Jarwin, the tight end, didn't practice today, but they kind of tight end by committee. So I think if you're the Cowboys, you pretty much like where you are health-wise. They're, they're pretty darn healthy considering you're going into your 18th game of the season. Now, Hearn's getting hurt this last weekend, and we're, we were sorry to watch that happen to him. Yeah, why would you bring that up? That was disgusting. Feet don't point that way. Well, I wasn't trying to go there. I mean, I wasn't talking. I wasn't definitely wasn't talking about where the feet were pointing. Okay. Oh, my but, that was me. That was all me. Yeah, that was all you. But we do know that at this point, his role in the offense had diminished. So, what makes him at this point less important than say Beasley? Oh, I I, just, I think Hearns was in such a little timeshare. If you ask anybody. Uh, a Cowboy fan, like, hey, give us the most important Cowboy receivers in order. They would say Amari Cooper won. Two and three is somewhere with Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley. Uh, then they throw it to Zeke. I just think Alan Hearns, at this point in the season, it, it had kind of become clear that he was getting a little bit phased out. He made some big catches the last two weeks, but he just wasn't a huge part of the offense. Gotcha. All right, so let's go right into this matchup here. How does this Cowboys offense match up with the Rams defense right now as you see it? Okay, if I'm going through the Rams defense, uh, Aaron Donald's terrifying, uh, obviously. He's absolutely terrifying. It's it's really interesting that the Rams are giving up five yards to carry just considering that Aaron Donald and Adamic and Sue are on that line. But uh, I think on the whole, in the run game, you've got to like the matchup. Aaron Donald's impossible to block. Everybody knows that. And it, it's kind of double trouble for the Cowboys because the guy who's playing left guard is a second-round rookie in Connor Williams. And his one kind of weakness is he's really not NFL strong. When he goes up against the bigger, more powerful guys, Jaron Reed last year or last week gave him big trouble. Uh, you know, your standard run-of-the-mill guys, he can block. Uh, he couldn't block Jaron Reed, so I'm not thinking he can block Aaron Donald. But linebacker level, I don't think, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, I don't think the Rams are very good at the linebacker level. Uh, the rest of that D-line, Sue's okay, but the rest of it, they, just, they don't play the run real well. Uh, in the passing game, I think there's opportunities there. Aqib Talib, I think, is pretty good, but Marcus Peters seems like he's kind of regressed and it's kind of a like a guesser where he's just kind of sometimes he looks kind of lost. And Amari Cooper is such a good route runner that if you get that matchup, you got to like it. And that's how I started talking myself into Cowboys win is when I started looking through all these individual matchups. It's like, man, you should really be able to move the ball and score. Defense, obviously, is a whole other issue, but offensively, I like the matchup for the Cowboys. I mean, I, I can fully answer some of those questions on the linebacking core and so on and so forth if you want. You know, if you really want to know what we what we can talk about. But um, Yeah, please. No, please do tell me. <laughs> I'm curious if I'm wrong at all because I look at the line and I'm like, okay, one of them is outstanding. One's pretty good. One's okay. You go to linebacker level and I'm like, I don't see anybody I'm worried about. Well, when you talk about that front seven, the big problem the Rams have had all year is, is the fundamental game, hitting your gaps, your gap, you know, your gap integrity, holding your edge. And that has been since day one, day one. The linebacking core itself was a problem from day one. They just do not hit the gaps well. 
And so Zeke should have a good game. The focus is not going to be stopping Zeke. The, the, the goal is going to be to contain him as much as possible. But your real problem is going to be that front three, believe it or not. Because what we expected from the Rams' defensive line this year was dominance across the board. Pairing up a first-round pick in Michael Brockers with Aaron Donald, the first-round pick, Probably the best defensive player in the game right now. I know Khalil Mack fans are going to boo. I'm going to say no. I mean, no one's dominated a game yeah, like, two, like I, Donald has. You know what? For my money, I say the two of those can meet up in a steel cage match and figure it out between the two of them. Well, but I would tell you this. The Rams aren't 13-3 without them. They're, no doubt. They're not even 10-6 and six without them. Well, he might be um, the best interior player in the history of the league. I mean, it's just, there's a good. good chance of it. There's a good chance of it. But the real disappointment's really been Sue. And we barely have mentioned his name all year. He just is not the same player he was in past years. I don't know if it's age. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's system. But he's not lived up to the billing of a $14 million man coming in. So the expectation was, okay, fine. Pick your poison. You get your double team on Brockers, not, not Brockers, but Donald, and Brockers and Sue will be there. You you try and double team Sue, guess who's there? Donald. You, you know, so there was always this expectation of, they got to pick their poison. Well, that didn't happen this year. And in many cases, even when we've seen Donald triple teamed, seriously, triple teamed, we've seen Brockers and Sue struggle to get there. That's hmm. a problem. That's a problem. You add that with the – really on the linebacking core is there's a certain level of, of immaturity. You have Mark Barron at middle linebacker. He just does not – he hasn't been as good as he was last year. He took some heat over the, over the winter until people actually dug into his numbers and saw, you know what, actually, he was very good against the run. And But this year, he's taking a step back, trying to fill the other side with uh, Samson Ebicom and you know some other guys. It just hasn't been perfect. Not perfect at all. These guys make plays. They can make plays. So what I can tell you about the Rams' defense is, is that they are not a shutdown defense. To me, they have the personnel to be a top-five defense in the league. They have not played like a top-five defense in the league. They are a bend-but-not-break defense. They will kill you with turnovers. They'll make plays, or you're going to burn them. There's no middle ground. So the goal is going to be for them, get into Prescott. Get in his head early, because if they can do that, then they're going to force some, they're going to force some problems. That's going to be their goal. Yeah, our quarterback is a real wild card. He's, uh, he's about the most polarizing person in DFW. It's so strange that you can watch him for quarters at a time and be like, you know what? That's not the guy. And then it's a three-point or six-point game, and he says, I'm not? Well, watch this. <laughs> it's just, week, week to week is incredible watching Dak Prescott. Like, hold my beer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's you know, it doesn't matter how many times it happens. And we go back and forth on him. It's like, well, and don't get me wrong, he's going to be here. He's going to be their quarterback. But you go back and forth between, oh, you're really going to give this guy $20 million a year? And then four minutes later, you're like, give him $30 million. So it's a, it's a wild ride. It's a pretty wild ride. Yeah, you know, but that's where the Rams would thrive this year. The Rams, they are a them and not break defense. So they're going to be thriving. If they can get in your quarterback's head, it's going to be a long day for, for Dak Prescott. But they have to get in his head. They cannot let him sit back there and throw. They even, they, you know, believe it or not, they even got in Mahomes' head a little bit. That's how the Rams beat the Chiefs early this year. They gave it 51 points, but towards the end of that game, they really had Mahomes run for his life a little bit making some bad throws, some bad decisions. That's how they sealed the game off, was um, really getting to him late. Samson Ebicom, you know, had two interceptions in that game at from linebacker. Yeah. So it just depends on 
who can get to your man. If he can get to Prescott, if they get to him, it's going to be a long day. Here's the thing, though. Well, the answer is... The answer is going to be Aaron Donald going through Connell Williams. So hopefully there's some help. Yeah, and you know, and well, we I can tell you one thing too. In the last game or so, we did finally see Sue and Brockers emerging some finally after an entire year of frustration. So if they can finally live up to their billing, there's some danger there. I can tell you also in concern for Zeke, that's another problem. You know, so. You know what? What do you expect the Cowboys to do? Because I mean, I'm expecting the Rams' offense to go out there and play keep away. I expect the Rams to grind. They don't want the the Dallas offense to get out there and wear them out, run the football. So I'm expecting. Man, I think that's. I, I think that's what makes it so interesting is that I I think of the Rams as a team that plays with pace and doesn't mind having a bunch of possessions, and the Cowboys would love to. The NFL is probably what about an average of. 12 possessions per team per game. The Cowboys' dream game is eight possessions a game. We want to, you want to, they want to go out there and have 15 play drives that take nine, 10 minutes. That's what they, that's the way they want to do it. So, you know, I think if that's the pace, it kind of favors the Cowboys. But uh, the other side of the ball, when you're talking about uh, which side did I already do? Now we're going to put the Rams on offense. Yep. I, I, I don't know. That one's really interesting, too, because I don't think Robert Woods is one of the best receivers in the league. I think part of that is just he's a good player that is in a system that works really well with when a quarterback is playing well, it goes really well. Byron Jones is a really good cover guy this year. Chio Wuzier is up and down, but he's okay. Xavier Woods, the young safety, has been pretty good. Jeff Heath is eh, okay. The thing I really worry about is kind of what happened to him a year ago Jalen Smith is a really good player. He's turned into a really good player, which shocked me. I didn't think he'd ever play down in the NFL. But he has turned into a really good linebacker. Leighton Bender is a really good linebacker. But I think it's a huge mistake if you think they can cover Todd Gurley. That's my big concern is I I think McVay is so good at the way they line up and the way they move guys around pre-snap that they can create the matchups they want. And there are matchups that can be created that the Cowboys don't want. So that's my big worry there. Well, you have a different X factor now than you had a month ago. And that's C.J. Anderson. And this is why I'm talking about that offensive game plan. You're talking about eight possessions. Well, I think right now for the Rams, that may be a dream for them as well because they understand the power of that Dallas game. And they're going to want to flip the switch and switch it around in their favor. And with C.J. Anderson doing what he's done the last two games out, this guy came in. I have I – have, I honestly have no idea how no team went and got him. He was a free agent for a month, and no one went and got him and kept him. He, was, he had a cup of tea with, with the Raiders. They let him go, too. And it just blows my mind. He came in right away and just torched defensive lines and front sevens in both the Cardinals and the 49ers game. Now, I get, yeah, I know the Cardinals suck. Uh, now, hold on. Now. So Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley suits up. He's healthy. He's playing. Does CJ Anderson touch the field? I think he does. That's what I'm trying to say. I think they're going. To, I think Ooh. they're going to employ that game. I think they're going to use two running backs. I really do. I think they're going to go out there and try and keep Zeke off the field. If they can keep, you know, because you know how the running game goes. You know, you you might not get five, six, seven, eight, nine yards to carry come first quarter. What you're hoping for is get five, six, seven, eight, nine yards to carry third and fourth quarter. You want to wear those teams down. I think the Rams' goal is going to be keep them off the field, keep your defense fresh. 
And if you have two running backs who can bang, one, one who can really bang, and one who can hit those holes and be a danger in the pass game like Gurley, I think that's what they're looking at. That's what I would look at in okay, trying to fun. add a different dimension. A game that's got about 400 rushing yards. This will be fun. I, I, I really think that could happen. Because, you know, also the another problem with the Rams on the offensive side of the ball, and this is where we're going to go next, and I want to hear about your pass rush. One thing that really got exposed in the Detroit game, the and a little bit in the Kansas City game, by the way, too, the, the Bears game and the Eagles game is the Rams' offensive line, it is aging. Especially there at left tackle, at center. And speed rush can really, really get to the Rams right now. And it's why we've seen Goff off his game in recent weeks. So what they did with the Cardinals and 49ers, they did really devote time again back to the run and wearing teams out that way. The Rams are going to want to run on Sunday. They're really, they're yeah, really going to want to run. Yeah, so the Cowboys on pass rush, if you're talking speed rushers, the only one they really bring to the table is Randy Gregory. And he's not necessarily a starter or a full-time player, but he'll get out there for 30, 35 snaps a game uh, all the time on third down and then sometimes on other downs. And that's the dude that can just get around the corner. And he's come along so well this year, and it's made me so happy uh, that he's been really the guy that's been getting after quarterbacks the last six, eight weeks, even more so than Demarcus Lawrence now. When it comes to Demarcus Lawrence, even if he doesn't sack the quarterback, I think he is – let me see, I'm going through the team in my head real quick. If he's not the best player on the team, he's darn close. Even at the end of the season with 10 sacks instead of 15, you don't see those huge numbers because Demarcus Lawrence plays like both his shoes are on fire. So, it's it, you know, it's not just sacking the quarterback. It's run plays at him. It's run plays away from him. It's just all the tackles for loss, all the stops sure. for no gain. DeMarcus Lawrence is a monster. He's not necessarily a speed rusher. He's a monster. Randy Gregory's the speed guy. The guys on the interior have kind of surprised this year in that there's a guy named Antoine Woods that's kind of playing the nose tackle for him, although the Cowboys don't really believe in a nose-nose tackle. They kind of want to penetrate no matter what position you play. And he was kind of a not-going-to-be-in-the-NFL guy. And Rod Marinelli told him in camp, he said, don't eat yourself out of the NFL. He said, lose weight, and there's no reason you don't make this team. Well, not only did he do that and make the team, he's a dang starter, and he's and he's playing really well. Boyd Collins, the three-technique tackle. Um, he's had games where he wasn't an impact guy. He's had games where he's a huge impact guy, and he's kind of a quickness guy there on the interior. So there's one monster. There's one speed guy. Uh, Tyrone Crawford is kind of the glue guy that lines up wherever they need him to, and he can play the end. Mm-hmm. He can play the interior. He's not a great pass rusher. He's just a solid dude. And so they've got a good front, and it's made better because the two guys behind him have been outstanding, Jalen and Vanderesh. So pass rushing, they can do it. It's it's not by blinding you with speed around the edge. It's It's more so with, Lawrence, it's inside, outside, it's through you, it's technique, it's just being a really good pass rusher. And Gregory, it's with speed. So they're a little above average pass rushing team probably, but not necessarily with speed. Well, this is where I would say that. You remember the Detroit game? I mean, I don't know, well, you probably didn't watch it. The Detroit Rams game was, the Detroit front seven is beat up. The The whole roster out there in Detroit was beat up, but they are even able to get to Goff. And they didn't register the number of sacks. It was enough pressures, though, where that entire offense was, it was thrown out of sync. And, and, and so it, it's not going to take a whole lot in the passing game, especially 
what the Rams have really missed is Cooper Cup. He was basically Goff's safety blanket. And losing Cooper Cup hurt that team more than words can even say. And even though right. Josh Reynolds stepped in, and he's done an admirable job, he's made some big plays. Uh, he's just not doesn't have that same rapport with Goff. Not that and maybe it can be developed in the offseason. I hope it does because I, I actually am a big believer in Josh Reynolds. I think he can start in this league and actually perform very well. Uh, but that is where things are really kind of a problem in the Rams' passing game. The except of one development, and I need to ask you about this. How are the Cowboys right now when it comes to covering tight ends? Uh, they're not the best at it. That's for sure. And it kind of depends um, what team they play because the Cowboys have done a really good job of mixing it up. For instance, when they played the Eagles, and the Eagles were not prepared for this because they hadn't done it prior in the season, Byron Jones used to play safety. So when he played safety on third downs, he would come down and he would cover tight ends. Well, he stopped doing that when they moved in the corner this year. Chris Richard, who hopefully is not the Miami Dolphins head coach next year because he's still here, uh, they had stopped doing that because he plays corner. But when they decided Zach Ertz was the biggest threat, every third down uh, that was more than two or three yards, he covered Zach Ertz. So if they do view the tight end as the biggest threat, they'll move Byron Jones back to that role. But other than that, uh, when they're playing man defense, I don't think they're a great tight end covering team. In zone, they're just okay. But I think teams have – haven't had too tough of a time having guys find holes between linebackers and safeties or linebackers and corners. So uh, I would say when it comes to covering tight ends, average at best is where I'd put the Cowboys, unless they elect to put Byron Jones on duty, which they won't this game because they're going to be those two receivers at the base receiving threats. I'm sorry, what did you say? You've kind of faded out there a little bit. Oh, I said they're not going to, they won't, they won't put Byron on a tight end this week because they're definitely going to view Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods as the big threats. Okay, so here's here's what I want to kind of point out then. That might be the problem because over the last few weeks, what we've seen a lot in terms of development with the Rams' offense has been the tight ends. They have two guys who've always had the potential. That's Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett, especially Everett. Everett brings the speed to that position, okay? And they have been seeing a lot more utilization in the offense, and I would expect the Rams to really use them in this game. That's what Sean McVay was known for in Washington, was developing those tight ends. And so now we're starting to see it more. It's it's forced the Rams to develop them because they needed them with cup out. Yeah, I think that's a matchup that a lot of people around here aren't talking about at all because they kind of just consider it more Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and that's kind of the things that you've got to contend with. So I guess tight ends could be an X-factor. Okay, so now let's take it to this. One thing determines the outcome of the game. One matchup. What do you or one matchup or one aspect of the game? What do you say it is? I will take. Are the Cowboys able to make golf uncomfortable consistently? And I would say one thing we haven't talked about, and that is the how does the Rams secondary matchup with the Dallas offense? And I'll because in my view, Elliott's going to get his. They're going to get his, but you can't. You're not going to run all game every game and, and not throw the, throw the ball. So how does Amari Cooper match up with Akeem Talib on the outside? How does Marcus Peters perform in trying containing just enough to get the ball back? 
Remember I said my, my view is that this Rams defense is not a shutdown defense. It's a bend but not break defense. Can they not bend just enough to win this game? And it's going to start just as much with the secondary as it does with the front seven. I can't wait. Let's play football. <laughs> I can't wait either. All right, so before you go, though, I do want to ask, do you have a prediction for this game? Are you going to call it? Yeah, just don't tell anybody. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24 Rams. Are you serious? Yeah, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, I had a 28-24 Rams. Yeah, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It could absolutely positively go either way. I just think, you know, 13-3 and on the season, home team. Seems like they got it back together offensively. I think the Cowboys are a good team with a bright future, uh, especially when they get Travis Frederick back next year. But for this moment, I will say the Rams are going to beat them. Well, okay, you know, first, you know, Jeff, go ahead and please and let our listeners know where they can find you um, so they can come bug you after the game or before the game or just, you know, keep track of stuff, Cowboys. Okay, yeah, they keep track of stuff, Cowboys. They won't find me in L.A., uh, but you can find me on 105.3, the fan and DFW, the flagship of the Cowboys, doing middays from 10 to 3. I write for the Athletic DFW. And on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, I do an NFL draft and college football podcast with the great Dave Brugler from The Athletic. So all over the place is where you can find me. All right. So you heard it, folks. Oh, and don't forget him on Twitter. You got to get him on oh, yeah, Twitter. yeah, at JC1053. I I, yeah, seriously. How could you, how did you, you not? Me. Oh, hold on. And twitch.tv slash time for Jeffrey so you can watch me play Fortnite. I just hit the start <laughs> button. I'm about to tear everybody up. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and can't wait for this Sunday. Heck yeah. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Bad luck, but good luck. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Before we move forward, uh, one correction from the the podcast. I made a mistake when talking about Samson Epicom in the the Chiefs game. He had one interception and one fumble recovery return for touchdown and a interception return for touchdown. So I mixed up the two touchdowns with two interceptions. So there we go. Just want to clarify that when we mess up, we, well, we got to go ahead and correct ourselves. And also we do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Sal Martinez. It was really cool having Sal on the show just last, uh, this last episode before this. Um, what am I saying? This prior episode. And he came on here and talked about the relationship he has with his daughter and what it's meant to him as Rams fans. It's a really cool episode. And I hope we can have some more folks on um, just, just, Rams folks, Chris Ramley on the on the show as the summer comes on just to talk about what it means to be a Rams fan. Uh, let's take that time right now to hear about the cool Ram Barbershop. If you look to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Gold Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sam Martinez opened up his shop at a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and he's kept the light on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code Talk so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Saturday at 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Close on Sundays. He's watching the game or spending time with family. So don't call then. One more time, give him a call at 714-894-7267. Folks, it's well worth it. You get a great haircut, the old school barbershop experience, and his place is basically a Rams Hall of Fame. All kinds of memorabilia there, all kinds of memories. It's a great, just, it's a neat experience. And you never know, you might just want to keep coming back. All right, 
So there you go. So in terms of just some of the things going on right now, the injury report is out, and it's looking pretty good for the Rams. Uh, it is Right now it is Wednesday night. It's will go out tomorrow morning on the uh, injury report for Blake Countess, concussion. He was limited today in practice. Todd Gurley, limited. We saw some footage of him online. I think he's going to be fine come game time. They're just being careful. Well, Marcus Joyner was full today, and Ethan Westbrooks entered on the injury report with limited due to his thigh. The Cowboys have more stuff going on. Tavon Austin, uh, limited with a groin injury. Cole Beasley did not play. If you just listen to the interview, uh, he doesn't think, doesn't think he's going to play. Noah Brown, limited. Wide receiver, Malik Collins. Uh, illness and ankle, limited today. Tyrone Crawford, limited with a neck injury. Jeff Heath, full with a wrist injury. David Irving, uh, did not play with an ankle injury. Blake Jarwin did not play with an ankle injury. Sean Lee is full with a hamstring. Zach Martin limited. I bet you he's going to play. Dak Prescott's on the injury list with a knee, but he is full. Tyron Smith, neck limited. Xavier Sufilo, I, I hope I got his name right, limited. And Darian Johnson, sorry, Darian Thompson. Man, I'm a mess tonight. Groin injury limited. So, um, Also, they've already had their presser as well today. Some kind of... Interesting things said on Todd Gurley by Sean McVay. He's saying right now he's, he's feeling pretty good. Uh, let me actually get the actual quote here. Make sure I say it to you. He's going to practice. We are going to follow a normal routine as when he's going this season. He didn't have any soreness from yesterday. And he's taking part in practice. He was out there for the walkthrough this morning. So very good news on that front. He got a kick out of joking with me that he was real sore today. I didn't think it was that funny. Uh, parentheses laugh. So there you go. On LaMarcus Joyner, quote, he's feeling good. He's made good progress. I think that bye week served him really well, especially even just getting him a chance to really recover. Missing the last game of the season, he's feeling good. He's in good spirits, and we're sitting to be full speed and ready to roll. All right, so a couple of notes there. Also, I thought this was fairly interesting. He was asked this question on how excited he is to have the duo of Gurley and running back C.J. Anderson. He said, quote, yeah, it's good. I really, I think really what CJ has been able to do coming on for a few weeks ago, coming on a few weeks ago, in such a short amount of time has been really impressive. I think it's a crap to his approach. Some of the situations he's been in and just being a pro, he's had great production. I think he's got a great understanding of what we're trying to get done. You've seen the production that Todd's had over the last handful of years, really from the start of his career since he's gotten into this league. So to be able to have two very productive backs that you feel really confident in is a blessing for our team. We're certainly looking forward to getting Todd back, though. Hmm. Well, one thing I notice about that quote is it doesn't really mention what anything about the plan. And that's not on purpose. They're, they're going to play the plan close to the vest. But I really expect C.J. Anderson to get some get plenty of carries this weekend. I'm not talking 25 or 30 or anything like that, but I, I really expect them to really kind of dig on the run. So... Also, interesting things. This was kind of funny. Opening statement from Wade Phillips. All right, Dallas Cowboys. I have someone of the past of Dallas. Jason Garrett has done a tremendous job there. He's a better head coach than I was and done better. They've got a good, really good football team, so we know that. He's done better than I have, and he would have done better. Okay, that was nice and gracious. That was, you know, that was nice. 
very complimentary. Overall, what we're seeing these two teams is just kind of playing a dance. Um, it's one thing I do want to kind of just touch on on his on the key for slowing down Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. He said, "Quote: I know everybody says, well, he's a great back, and you've got a bad run defense, but there's a lot of games." We played this year that they were supposed to have a good running game, and we shut them down. It's a big challenge to stop their running game, especially him. But all of our guys know that, so that's a challenge. We've challenged our guys with, hey, we can't let him run the ball or certainly run wild on us. Here's the issue that I have with this quote. And I I do want to first say I believe the Rams are capable of stopping Elliott. I really do. But... He's an elite back with a solid offensive line in front of him, and the Rams are in a position where they have not yet shown they can do it consistently. That's why I think Elliott's going to get his. The question is, will he get his at four to five yards a pop, or is he going to get it in huge chunks and wear down this defense? Can they contain him enough to force the Cowboys to punt? Can they contain him enough to keep that defense off the field and the Rams offense out there? That's the big question we're, we're going to have here, and that is my big concern. So there you go. Now, okay, so folks, something that shut down for the night is um, we had a really nice interview with, with Jeff Cavanaugh there. I do apologize that the audio did not work out as well as he had hoped. He was transitioning. He was getting ready to leave his house to go out. He joked about Fortnite. He was actually had a, an occasion tonight. We had to schedule earlier, so his dogs are around, and you heard all the weirdness there. But I thought it was a little bit funny, so I kept it in the in the edit. So there you go. Um, we will. I did. He had a lot of stuff going for him, so we'll have him back next year as well and talk more Rams football. So with all that in mind, we do want to say, hey, if you are interested in partnering with us, reach out to us at ransom1945 at gmail.com. We could really use a good partner to advertise with us and, and we'll, we'll do our best to serve you as well. I mean, that's the deal. Leave us a voicemail, 657-666-5453. We have an immediate kit ready to get out to you, okay? Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me, Derek C. Paula, at DC Paula on Twitter. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, all those places. And, of course, iBeat Radio plays our podcasts on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. So, again, we're going to have the whole crew tomorrow night, me and Norm. And, of course, our guest will be Bobby, Bobby Belt from the Cowboy Cast podcast. It also works at NFL Network. So, it's another a double dose of Cowboys guests to really get us filled on this team. Looking forward to it. And without further ado, we just want to say adios. Go Rams. We'll be back with you tomorrow night. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness.
Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. At CVS Health Hub, you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab what you need all in one trip, even on evenings and weekends. That's healthier made easier. Visit a CVS Health Hub today. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details.